Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Through 25 seasons, hey! 4,561 episodes. I believe the Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. What an hour. It was the first time Iyanla Van Zandt had been back on The Oprah Show in more than 11 years. I hope you saw that conversation, because it was a doozy. And here's some of what happened. Iyama Van Zandt was a popular relationship expert who was on The Oprah Show every other Tuesday back in the late 90s. But after more than a year of regular appearances, our relationship came to an abrupt end. She said she was ready to host her own show. We here at Harpo felt she needed more time to grow. Let's welcome back Iyanla Van Zandt. Last Wednesday was the first time we came face to face to discuss what had happened. I am now so sorry. Mm. Well, let me say to you, I accept your apology. No apology necessary. You were already forgiven. Not only did I like you, I would leave the stage and give you the stage because I liked you so much. Can you hear I didn't know that? Can you hear? But what did you think Listen, that meant? Me what did you think that meant? Wait, what did you think that meant when I am sitting in the audience and letting you sit on stage and run the show? I couldn't receive it, Oprah. I thought you wanted the work. I didn't think you wanted me. Oh, my God. I got it. I got it. This is what we said. We said, we think you need more time. We said that to you. You said that to my lawyer. Ain't nobody said that to me. We think you need more time. Nobody said that to me. No, 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 no. I'm not going to accept that. Okay, wait a minute. Uh, what Let I me... accept is that you knew what you were doing when you walked into that room and that you had the intention to force our hand. Absolutely not. That is Absolutely not true. Not. That is not true? No. Absolutely not. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Well, we had planned to talk about Iyanla's piece from Broken Pieces on the last show, but as you saw that our healing process took up most of that hour, there is still so much to talk about in Iyanla's new book, Peace from Broken Pieces. That's what actually started this conversation. I saw an ad for the book and said, hmm, maybe we can have peace here. So Iyanla says that over the past few years, her life completely fell apart. She lost everything. She lost her home. She lost her marriage. She lost her multi-million dollar book deals and all of her money. So how did you get this book deal? What happened? A dear friend of mine, Tavis Smiley. Oh, Tavis. Tavis said, you have to tell this story and I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. So, and he did that over food. And when you're feeding me, I have a tendency. <laughs> I have a tendency to- I see what the problem was. We didn't have a crab cake. <laughs> I see. Yeah. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to write it. I didn't want to write it because I was real clear that it was my healing. I was clear about that. And, you know, I've always been very transparent, exposed a lot mm-hmm, and stuff. Mm-hmm. But this just got real. I mean, this was DNA level, core level stuff for me. Mm-hmm. But he made me a deal I could That you use. thought you had worked through. I, I thought I had worked it through, but I also knew that I was at another level of it. We don't just, you don't heal it here. Right. And it's, then always, it's got roots and yeah, causes. Yeah, 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 it's got yeah. roots and causes. You gotta gut it out. Yeah. So let's start with relationships. Back in the day, while Ayanna was empowering millions of our viewers in their relationships, her own marriage was falling apart. What you focus on grows. Where the mind goes, the behind follows. Iyanla's Every Woman Appeal made her the go-to girl for relationship advice. Know that if you are not brave enough to go into love, taking a risk, then what you are doing is bargain shopping. Women and men were seeing themselves like they never had before. I like beautiful women. I like grits. I don't eat them every day. (laughs) She even put her own husband under the spotlight. There are things that that Yemi does that drive me out of my mind. But she says one of her off-the-cuff comments went too far, seriously damaging her own relationship. Women don't choose a man because he looks good. He got to have some money, because if not, he's going to be by himself. There's a bunch of broke men by themselves, you know? I love him. He ain't got no money. Now, see, you feel it, Mm -hmm. and he swears it didn't bother him, but I know it was nail in the coffin. That was? Yes, absolutely. So what happened when you left here? Did he say, why did you say that? He didn't say it. And and I want to make it real clear that I'm speaking about my experience, not about him Mm -hmm. at all. And uh, and he is somebody's husband now. Mm -hmm. That makes her my sister. And Mm -hmm. I won't talk about my sister's husband. But my experience was that he became very depressed. 
And after you said that, well, just the kind of culmination of all things. That to me was yeah. just one of them. Tell me this: did, Was he? Did he have his own job, his own occupation, his own career path at the time? <gasps> Tell the truth. No. No, he didn't. Okay, so that would be a problem. Yeah. Yeah, because it's very hard. The reason why my relationship has lasted all these years is because Stedman had his own path and was happy with his path, proud of his path, and wanted me to be everything I could be. So if the person doesn't have their own path, the reason my friendship with Gail is what it is is because she always loved her life and right. loved, loved her path. So that is fundamentally... But see, you can say that to me and I yeah. can say that, but, you know, people have to... They, they have to acknowledge it, but no. For themselves, no. okay. I just kept apologizing. I'll plead... Because it didn't... Again, just like I said to you, somebody big, mm -hmm. you know, it's my... It's the evil lip monster. <laughs> <laughs> no. Takes control of my mouth and does <laughs> So, So, Iyanla and her husband, Yemi, divorced. You say you felt like a fraud not being able to... I would imagine you, who's helped the world with their relationships and other women with their relationships and men with But their again, all, all things are lessons that God would have us learn. When we got married, we had a no-out clause. Mm -hmm. It was a commitment that we made to each other that mm -hmm. we were not coming out. So for all the difficulties and, you know, I just thought this is normal marriage stuff. We ain't going nowhere. We're going to work it out. But, you know, he mm -hmm. changed his mind. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. And it's okay. And he changed his mind. Yeah. Do you think that you would still be married had you not become famous? I don't think so. I don't know. You don't I know. only it's make it up believe. alone in my head, but I don't think so because... The whole process, all of it, Oprah, was what I needed to learn to sit, to find peace among my broken pieces. He was just a character in God's divine play. Yeah. You understand? Mm -hmm. I, I don't, 40 years I love this man. I love him today. I love him. I don't choose to be married to him, but I love him. He, I needed to play it out that way, and he was just the leading man. Leading he was man. a leading man. Iyama Van Zandt's back with us, and Iyama's daughter, Jamia, always came with her to the show. In 2002, she was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer, and she died on Christmas morning, 2003. Were her final days your darkest days? There were days along the way that were my darkest, days when she was angry with me. You know, she had a disease in her body. She had a diseased mind. So from 2002 to 2003, that you all knew for a year? Yeah, 15 months. You knew for 15 they months? They were diagnosed on September 11th, wow. 2002. Wow. Yeah. And um, were... Did they say then she only has a short time to live? No, they did not. They did surgery. Uh, they didn't really tell us anything. Again, what you don't know. And she... It didn't matter what they said because we were real clear that she was affirming life, mm -hmm. that she was going to take this on, and she was affirming life. I remember the day that I heard, I, I knew. But she, I could not even allow myself to think that because she was affirming life. But as a mom, I remember I said to the doctor, you need to tell me that my child is not going to die. And the doctor said to me, with God, all things are possible. And I said, that's what I said, okay. With God, all things are possible. That's all I'm going to hold on to. With God, all things are possible. And, uh, and she told me herself that she wasn't going to die, you know? 
But she did. Mm -hmm. Not die in the sense of gone for it. She's here. She's right here. She's right here. Mm -hmm. Mumsy, Mumsy. She's right here. So Jabia kept a journal her whole life, and I understand you read the journals. I've read some of her journals um, and learned about myself things that I didn't know. Mm. Uh, we had a great relationship, but there were things that she saw in me and experienced with me that we never spoke about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And the way she felt about herself as a, I mean, she was gorgeous, she was beautiful, we loved her, she was phenomenal, and felt like she wasn't worth the chair she sat on. Mm. And then I said, okay, there's something going on here. My daughter feels this way, I have felt that way, and that's when I got into historical patterns and pathologies. Wow. You write in your book about zipping her body bag after she passed. You know, the good, the blessing is, what a blessing that God allows a life to come through your body and then allows you to place that body in a body bag and take it out. You know, it, everybody couldn't do that, Oprah. Everybody couldn't do that. So I had to say that there's a magnificent something that God has for me to do mm -hmm. to give me that level of completion, mm -hmm. that level of experience. It's, it's, you know, it's unspeakable. Mm -hmm. And putting her in the body bag, it was the box. Mm -hmm. You know, to watch them put your child in a box mm -hmm. and close the lid mm -hmm. and then put that box in a hole. And you know that you're never going to see this child again. So when I start whining about stuff, I said, wait a minute, Ianla. You done put your baby in a box. You can do anything. Mm -hmm. You can do anything. Shut mm -hmm. your mouth. Get over mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The reason that's so hard, I just can imagine for parents, because it's an unnatural act to have to put your child in, in the box. And, and for her, I mean, I know everybody loves their child, but my Jamia, mm -hmm. <laughs> my precious jewel, that's what her name meant. My Jamia, mm -hmm. my Jamia, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Did you, uh, you write, you, 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 if not the darkest hours during her death, after her death. After her death for me were the darkest. Were the darkest. Yeah. Oh, God. Tell us how I, dark. You know, we buried her, I think, on the 29th of December. I think we buried her. And everybody was there. And, you know, people, you know, they there till all the chicken gone. And then two days after the burial, you were sitting there by yourself and you're like, oh, damn. You know? Mm -hmm. I got into bed. And that was in January. I got into bed and I stayed there, literally till May. 
It was unspeakable. I couldn't. And see, part of why my marriage happened the way it did was because I was trying to save my daughter. I ain't had time to work with him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> save no. Mm -hmm. Talk to the hand. Mm -hmm. um, and so. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I just, there was one day when I just, I couldn't breathe, I couldn't sit, I couldn't think, I couldn't eat, I couldn't do anything. And my friend Lydia moved down from New York and literally moved into the house and took care of me. I mean, she fed me, she clothed, I was like drooling. And then I said, okay, I'm done, I'm complete. So I went in the room and Jamia had stayed at my house often and I took all of her pills, you know, and she was a cancer patient. So she had some, you know, some pretty juicy stuff in her little medical bag there. I took the pills and then I went and I got this pink pearl handle pistol that I had, cause the diva got to have pearls on the pistol. <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness. And I said, okay, am I, going to, am I going to take these pills or am I going to shoot myself? And then I'm a Virgo, right? So I said, well, if I take the pills or Lou is going to find me, that's my grandson, that would be devastating. He'll never be the same. He'll grow up, he'll be a drug addict, he'll be homeless in the park. Okay, so I'm not taking the pills. Let me shoot myself with this. Now, where would I put it? Because I don't want to make a mess. I don't want to bless up the wall of it. You know, and as I'm So you were at least that rational. I was that, at least that rational, but I really, I just, I think a lot of people who commit suicide just want to end the pain. They don't yeah. really want to die. Yeah. They just want to end the pain. I wanted to end the pain. So I'm sitting there, I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to shoot myself right here in the throat. I'm going to shoot myself right here. And what I heard loud as clear is if somebody went in the room, stop being dramatic. Stop it. Was that you, Holy Spirit? <laughs> really? And then I said, you, you really are being dramatic. Just shut up. Go somewhere and lay down. Go on. But had you been in that depression from January to May yeah. for so long? That but I was asleep. Yeah. But I was awake now, and mm -hmm. it hurt. Mm -hmm. It hurt. And I had been in it for so long. Mm -hmm. How did you walk yourself through the pain? I remember Camille Cosby said to me after they lost their son, she said that she tried to busy herself and she tried to do other things and think about other things, but eventually she had to walk through the fire. You had to walk through the fire. Of the well, day. two things happened. Number one is I got the call to come do Starting Over. Mm -hmm. And Michael Beckwith told me that when you're in grief like that, just do something in the name of that other person. Mm -hmm. And Jamia had dedicated the last 12 years of her life to working with me and working with women. So I knew I'm going to do starting over in Jamia's name. Mm -hmm. And before I could get to starting over, I had my broccoli breakdown. Did mm -hmm. you read that? I was in the supermarket. <laughs> favorite vegetable was broccoli. Yeah. So I walked into one of those real, I still had money then, so it was like a real exclusive um, supermarket, the kind that has the mist that comes down. Yes. You know, the Paul's supermarkets, they don't do That's that. That's on page the 272. Mist, right? <laughs> the mist was coming down, and I walked into the into the supermarket and saw the broccoli. And <laughs> I literally had a psychotic break. I went over to the broccoli, I laid on the broccoli, <laughs> just began to weep, weep. I had broccoli spurs in my nose. 
I slid down on the floor and the broccoli, <laughs> and here come the produce manager. Ma'am, what is <laughs> I had broccoli, clutching broccoli to my bosom. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know if I would to call the police. They didn't know what to do. I had broccoli everywhere. And they did, ma'am, can we help you? Can we? And I, I just, you know, I hadn't wept. And I, when I was finished, I got up, picked them spurs out my nose, and walked right out the store. I didn't buy nothing. <laughs> I love what you said about that, that moment. You said every hurt, every insult, every disappointment came rushing into my mind. The memory of every loss, every poor choice and stupid decision I had ever made in my entire life came back as clear as if it were happening right then. That's the psychotic break That's you're it. talking about with the broccoli. And yeah. the healing, and it was the healing. The Yama Van Zandt earned millions of dollars as one of America's top relationship experts. She says today her entire fortune is gone. I, I didn't know how to manage money. I didn't really have a clear understanding of the value of money other than you need it, you get it, you spend it. I couldn't grasp it all. I didn't know how much money I had. I had six bank accounts and I didn't know what they were for, where the money was. I had a millionaire lifestyle with a welfare mentality. So where did all that money go? Well, well, one thing, um, when you, first I bought a building. Yes. I bought a building because I was determined to get my work done and I bought a building not knowing that the same amount of money that I bought the building with, I owed in taxes. Because I, I didn't have the right kind of accountant. You know, I mean, you know the Oprah effect, maybe you don't. I made so much money in your show in an hour, you know? Mm -hmm. And I didn't have the right kind of support. I didn't know what I didn't know, Oprah, mm -hmm. really, across the board. Anyway, I bought a building, I ended up owing taxes. Couldn't pay the taxes because I had the building. Couldn't, you didn't know the IRS will move in your living room? I, I know it now. They yes. in my best bathroom sitting there right now. <laughs> it, it goes, no, we, 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 I get audited so much. We, we have, a, have a room here just for them. You want to audit me again? Yes. So you have a nice place to stay while you're auditing. Yes. yes. I, I, I had no clue. And you know, self-employment tax, you got to pay a certain amount. Yes. I didn't have the right advice. I didn't pay the taxes. Bought the building. Got the building, now I owe the taxes. So I can't renovate the building. Because you got to pay the taxes. Because I got to pay the taxes. So I'm paying for a building that, you know, paying on a building that I can't use and I'm paying them the taxes. And it's funny, you know, I mean, when, when my show went down, when the Yamla show went down, you know, they tell you Friday, you got to work on Monday. You know, and you can't go to the unemployment office trying to get a check on that. Saying I had a talk. I had a talk show. Yes. You know, you know that's Friday. You're making a million, and Monday you're making nothing. Uh huh. And now the income is gone, and I had money. Well, I love what you say in the book. You say you talk about, and you spoke about it there too, about having being a millionaire with a welfare mentality. Yeah, because the pathology, the pattern for me was that in order for me to get money, all money had to be gone. Because that's how you live when you're on public assistance or when you're, you know, some jobs are public assistance. People mm -hmm. just Because they're living from paycheck, from paycheck to paycheck. paycheck. Yeah. And you know, the day before payday, you looking for pennies and borrowing money. Mm -hmm. And that's how it was. All money had to be gone before money could come in. You know, and that's another part of the pathology. So. I um, 
just created an experience in my life where I would have no money. And is it also true, I, I found this too, that you, you don't have a concept of what a million dollars no, can do. No, you really don't. You know what $5.99 can do, you know what $25.99 can do, but it takes growth and being with it to know what a million dollars can do. And you have this perception that it's more than what it is, it, actually. That... Because it's not a million. It's, it's only 580000 That's after right. Taxes. After taxes. Yes. And, you know, so if you're a millionaire, you spend a dollar, you're not a millionaire anymore. No. But here, when I was 21 years old, I had three children. I had never written a check. I went to the bank and I sat down with the woman and I said, I want to open a checking account. She taught me. I'm 21, three children. She taught me how to write out a check how to fill out a deposit slip. That was the extent of my financial education in life. Wow. So when now I got six bank accounts, a staff of 21, an accountant, I thought I was doing something good having an accountant. I didn't know it wasn't the kind of accountant I need to have. I needed an entertainment accountant. You know, people that handle and right, know what right. your taxes are. I didn't know any of that. So now I've got all it, and I've got a million dollars. I was scared to spend it. So had, did you buy a house immediately? That's what people me, most... I bought the do. house before I came to you. Yeah. I bought the house. It was a modest house. What I did was fixed it the way I wanted it. Uh -huh. I made it the way I wanted to okay. be. So I bought it for very little, fixed it, and it was worth a lot. But then you were forced to move out of this million-dollar dream home. Because I had a crazy mortgage that I didn't know. I didn't know nothing about buying no mortgage. I had money. The man said, here's the house. I bought the house. I gave him the money. He gave me the keys. I went, oh, joy, oh, rapture. What do I know? Mm -hmm. I had this thing called a balloon mortgage where I only pay a certain amount of money. You, see how shocking and horrified you are? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm still trying to figure out well, what was the problem, you know? And I had to pay a certain amount of money for seven years or five years. And then at the end, I pay it all. Well, at the end was a year after Jamia died. Mm. A year after my publisher canceled my contract. They said, okay, you got to pay this. Oh, well, I don't have that. Couldn't refinance. So you now owe the publisher. I don't understand why you owe the publisher. Because they paid me uh, an advance, advance to do a book okay. because I was on your show. Mm -hmm. And then Jamia got sick. Yeah. And I didn't write the book, I didn't turn it in. So they wanted me to pay back the advance, which I had spent over the course of these two years. And so they sued me. And so the, between the lawsuit and what I owed in taxes, I had a wonderful accountant who said, girl, you be working. I said, like Kizzy? He said, like Kizzy. You need to file bankruptcy, which in my mind was like, I owe people money and I'm not gonna pay them. And I, I didn't wanna do it, but I, I, there was no way. I could pay back because, you know, the penalties on the taxes. Yes. I owed more tax. They couldn't even get on the whole line of the piece of paper, the thing. Of how much you owe. How much I owed because it's every time I blinked or twisted the penalties and interest. So I filed bankruptcy, folded in the lawsuit from the publisher, um, the taxes, the house, you know, my little store card where I used to go buy my pantyhose. So. <laughs> Your little store card. <laughs> you know, everything. I didn't have credit debt. So let's talk about making peace with that from those broken pieces, because now your daughter is gone. Your husband is gone. Your, fam your dream home is gone. The money is gone. You're in broken pieces. How do you pick up from that and begin to move forward? I put my child in the ground. I can do anything for a little while. Because mm -hmm. that, that's, it's ain't permanent. 
I had to learn, Oprah. I had to learn how to receive. I had to learn how to, who I was. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. I really didn't. I knew I was good at what I did. My work was pure. My work was in integrity. But me, Iyama, like, I didn't think you wanted me for me. Mm. I thought you wanted me for what I could do. The same way I'm sure you have to question, do people want me for me or do they want me for what I can do? Mm -hmm. In terms of your money or your notoriety. It was the same thing, just at a different level. But now I know who I am. Mm -hmm. really, really know who I am and know why I had to go through everything exactly as I went through it. I had to. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to write this. Mm -hmm. And when you started to write it, did it feel uh, cathartic for you in a way that the other books, because the other books are more like teachings for us. And this was your story. That's what is so... Uh, it, you know, this, this story feels intimate. It yeah. feels like you are really opening up your life and, you know, sort of gutting yourself for the reader. I think that I have to do this for this next, next leg of the journey. People are in trouble, Oprah. People are suffering mm -hmm. all over the world and in our country. And like me, I think many of us have to learn that it's not about things and it's not about money and it's not about your doingness. It's about your beingness. Mm -hmm. People have to learn that. Now, when Tavis Smiley, who you said, you know, uh, uh, published this book for you and said you need to, need to do it, when he first came to you as a friend and said, I want you to write this story, what was your resistance to doing it? Telling my business in the street. <laughs> tell, I mean, because, you know, I talk about, ooh, I really go there. But because what I realized was I didn't do anything wrong. All things are lessons that God would have us learn. Mm -hmm. And I got to look deeper and open wider to get the lesson for me, first of all, so that I can stand in the lesson and teach the world. I give myself away so you can use me. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about. Do you think that in any way you got a big head? No, I, I was too stupid to know what a big head, I didn't even know what a big head was, Oprah. You got to understand that. I'm good at what I was good at what I did. I believed in what I did, but I couldn't receive the hugeness of it. It never dawned on me, oh my God, Oprah Winfrey just offered you the world. So, and I, I asked this because I work with this for myself all the time. None of your lessons in this was about ego. My lesson was about worth. Was about self-worth. My, my lesson was about self-worth. I would self -worth. say that. Okay. I, think, I think it was more about worth. Of course, ego is always there. I'm not yes. going to say I didn't have any ego. Uh -huh. But in terms of I'm great, I'm wonderful, I'm... No, I wasn't there. I, I was not there. I, at least I don't think I was. Was I there, y'all? No. Okay. They said I wasn't there. I would agree. If you, I mean, I, I only say that because you, you speak from your heart and I, you know your truth. Really, I... It was worth. Value and worth. If I had a big head, would I go do my own TV show and not let the people give me an office? Huh? But you didn't know that when you went there. I mean, I'm just thinking, I'm just asking if some part of you felt that, uh, and, and I've, you know, absolutely made peace with, with our conversation from um, the last time you were here, if some part of you felt in that somebody really big, just the notion of using that term. It was for me because I, you know what? Here it is. Thank okay. you, Holy Spirit. Okay. I felt ghetto, and I didn't want you to think I was trying to be ghetto. 
I didn't want you to think that I was going off doing a TV show with Booba and Kafata okay. in the parking lot. Okay. So that's why I said somebody big. I wanted you to understand how important this was okay. to me. Uh-huh. Not, not because I was saying they're bigger than you. I will say that Diane, she's the former executive producer of the show, Diane did say that to me. Who's bigger than us? And I thought a lot of people are bigger than us. I was thinking in terms of telepictures, Okay. Uh, Sony. Okay. I was thinking in terms of broadcasting Broad. networks. Network. I wasn't thinking in terms of a person. And as I said in the last show, when I found out it was Barbara, I went, oh, okay, I get that. But That's like getting the Steven Spielberg call. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Or Norman Lear. Or Norman Lear. That's like, yeah. So but I can you see that. how, from our perspective, each of us heard the same conversation differently? Yes. But I would say that I felt that I was freeing you to go to do what you really wanted to do. And that's a part of my own pathology in that if you don't want me, then I don't want to be wanting you. And, if that's what I, you want, then I say you are free to go. I'm not gonna do that anymore in my life. I did that in my 20s. Please don't leave me, please don't go. Please call me back, please. So now I'm at, the, and it doesn't matter who it is. If you say you don't want me, I'm like, I release you to do whatever it is you need to and do. And I told everybody, Barbara Walters, everybody, mm -hmm. I'm not leaving Harpo. I'm mm -hmm. not leaving Harpo. So you thought if I don't want, if you don't want me, you're free to go. And I was at, oh my God, she really didn't want me. Wow. So we want to know, do you still get royalties from the book? So when people go out and buy this book. Oh, this one? Yes. Please go buy this book. <laughs> no, I have 13 titles and uh, 10 of them I'm not paid a royalty on because the publisher sued me. And that suit was folded into the bankruptcy. So now um, they don't pay me until all of that is paid off. Yeah. But, but do you own your own like intellectual property now? No. Now, now, now I do. Now you all do. of that. All of that, no. Yeah. I didn't know. I need help. Yeah. I need help, Oprah. <laughs> and how, and, oh, that had to be hard. Oh, boy. You want to. Hard. I don't own film with my name on it. I don't own most of my audio. I don't own, I didn't know. I didn't, you, I didn't know, Oprah. You didn't know. I didn't know. So I set this thing up. Like I said, it's a, 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 a dependent or, or a codependent mentality where I think, I do this and you give me that. I do this and you give me that. Not, hey, this is mine and I, this is the value I bring to the table. Mm -hmm. This is the bargain I want to make. Mm -hmm. How can we have fair exchange? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you want this? And, and you, okay, and mm -hmm. I'll take that. That's where I was. I mean, I see that now. I didn't know it then. Then I thought I was living big. Mm How -hmm. <laughs> on the hog? Don't even need pee. Don't even need pork and I'm living on the hog. That should have been, been a clue. So uh, you, 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 you admit here throughout this book, but this book is an admission actually of not walking the walk for yourself. Do you think that it affected your credibility in any way or is that why you did this book? That's why I did the book to mm -hmm. tell you I didn't even know I wasn't walking the walk. I had walked the walk I could walk up to that point. Well, I you had know better, you what, do better. You knew better, you do better. Mm -hmm. And there was more and deeper and more that I needed to learn. And I've learned it. 
you know? Yes, and I know you're so uh, candid in the book about exactly what happened when you went to the other show, yes. went to do your own uh, show. Yeah. But I had great respect for the way you spoke of it here on the show the last time you said, I'm not gonna be the victim. It's about what I allowed. Allowed? I allowed people. What I tolerated, to mm -hmm. what I accommodated, and what I called in through energetic invitation. Real quick, I clean this thing up about me. I was taught, and it's historic generational pattern, for the women in my family line to allow men to treat them badly. Whether they yell at them or beat them or leave them or cheat on them or whatever. I saw it, I smelt it, it's in my DNA. Mm -hmm. And I really worked, as I wrote about in that book, to heal it. And I thought I was healed. Then about two weeks ago, my 19-year-old grandson just had a psychotic break with the reality of himself and started treating me very ugly, okay? The 19-year-old and the 16-year-old. And as the grandmother, I'm saying, oh, they're just kids. They don't know. I'm driving along in the same voice that says, stop being dramatic, said, girl, that's masculine energy. I said, they're men, hot diggity damn. They are men. This is, a, this is my issue. With it's another coming hat, back. It's coming back. Oh, it's them? They, yes. They're trying to get me? <laughs> <laughs> but that is one of oh the great. Oh, my God, because it was so covert. You know what is interesting about your revelation is that one of the great things I learned from you when you were on this show, you were saying that, you know, when you see trouble coming across the street, and you also said it will come just wearing a different pair of pants. That's right. So I have always been aware of that because of that teaching. And you don't think that it can come in your family with your grandchildren. Why don't you all drinking your Kool-Aid and everything? <laughs> and, and, but when I got it, I'm telling you, and this is how I know I'm here. When I got it, immediately, I told my grandson, I am complete. You will not speak to me like that. I haven't spoken to him since. That's it. Done. What do you hope to come of this? This conversation? Of this conversation? Of well, our I've, I've learned for me, let me, because usually I would speak to the work first. Mm -hmm. What I hope to come of this is that you and I mm -hmm. will remain connected in a way I think we would have then had mm -hmm. it not gone awry. Iyanla's new book is Peace from Broken Pieces. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Peace from Broken Pieces. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is a message for anyone with high LDLC or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide. 
And in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDLC. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit CoralReefStudies.com now. Again, that is C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S-T-U-D-I-E-S dot com. 